Bulls, bears, corrections, and recessions. A lot of weird, fancy words that get used a lot in the finance world and have been coming up a lot recently with the current crash. Today's video, we're gonna be talking about what these words mean, how they relate to what's currently going on in the market. It is crazy because of coronavirus. So today's video, we're gonna get really under the skin and make sense of this really, really important topic. So stay tuned. Hi, my name is James Corsier and welcome to the Money Paradox Podcast. Yes, we are going through a crazy stock market crash. What have we got? We've got a 27% drop in the S&P 500, 32% drop within the FTSE 100, and in the emerging markets, around 27%. So this was as of Friday, Friday the 13th of March. These are massive, massive drops, right? And we haven't seen this for quite a long time because we've had the longest bull market ever in history since 2008. The longest ever bull market, right? So we are in crazy, crazy times, very volatile. Now, you're probably thinking, what the hell is James talking about? What are all some of these words? You know, I'm using S&P 500, I'm using bulls, bears. Why is he referring to animals when we're talking about the stock market? Well, let's jump into that then first. So firstly, what is a bull and a bear market? It gets used a lot, but a lot of people just don't really understand really exactly what it means, right? And that is super important because when we're checking this stuff out in the news, right, we can make sense of it, right? Uh, so, okay, it all comes down to how these two animals attack. So if you think about it, a bull, when it attacks another animal, it attacks up. It's got these big horns at its front, right? So as it goes to attack an animal, it will charge and lift its head up, right? And use those horns to, to attack the other animal. So generally speaking, okay, in the stock markets, they go up. And they go up for some fundamental reasons, mainly because the economy in a particular country or in the world wants to go up. It's constantly expanding and doing better because all of those companies that make up that country and that economy, right, are working hard, has all those people working hard every day, trying to make money, trying to add value within that market, right? And so, yes, some companies don't do great and they go out of business, they might lose money, but overall, in the long term, right, markets go up. It's just fundamental, okay? Well, because of that pressure of it going up, very simply, a market wants to go up. And when it's going up, we call that a bull market because it's going up, right? Just like how a bull attacks with its horns, right? Super simple. On the other hand, though, when a market is going down, okay, then we call that a bear market. Because if you think about how a bear attacks, it attacks with its claws, right? Crazy. Okay, I'm not a bear, and that was probably a bad attempt, but you get the idea, right? Down. So when a bear attacks, it's attacking down, and so therefore, when a stock market is going down, we call it a bear market. Now, generally speaking, we're in a bull market a lot more than we are in a bear market because the stock market wants to go up. But because the sunshine, the sun doesn't shine every day, 
Also, the stock market does not go up every day, right? Some days it goes down a bit, some days it goes down a lot, and sometimes it goes down over a prolonged period of time. So technically, a bear market, right, is when it goes down by at least 20%. Well, I've just said to you, 27% in the S&P 500, 32% in the FTSE 100, 27% across the emerging markets. We are definitely in the kinds of drops that make it a bear market. So that's why people keep going on about bear markets recently, right? Because it is a big deal. But not everyone always recognizes it as just a drop over 20%. Some people believe it needs to happen over at least two months, okay? Now, if you look in the emerging markets, because the coronavirus hit there first, obviously China first, the drop in the market has been for a longer period of time. It's actually been for over two months. It started in early January. So in the emerging markets drop of 27%, you could definitely say that is a bear market. Well, with the UK, with the US stock markets, right? Yes, they've gone down more than 20%, 20% but it's really only happened in the last month. Okay, so let's see. Let's see how long this lasts for, whether we can really call it a bear market. But nevertheless, these are big, big numbers. Next thing I want to call out is I'm using S&P 500 and I'm using FTSE 100. So what do they mean? Well, when I say the stock market's going down, well, you've got to be referring to something specific, right? You can't just say the US stock market's going down because what are you referring to? Are you referring to Apple, Amazon? Are you referring to every single company that's listed within the US or a particular portion, right? So when you're referring to something, people usually refer to a specific index. And an index is just simply a way of referencing something. So the S&P 500 is just simply the top 500 businesses within the US listed in the US, right? That's it. So when you hear S&P 500, that's all they're basically saying. They've just taken the top 500, pulled them all together and worked out a value for it. And when they say that, it's basically the US stock market. The other thing to call out though, is because the vast majority of those businesses are international, they make money all over the world, right? Although they're listed in the US, they're making money all over the world. So you could say, it's actually a stock market for the world, not just the US, okay? So yes, there's a US focus, but really it signifies the world. And that's why even though the US, yes, has been hit hard with the coronavirus, but other countries have also been hit and that also impacts that market. Same with the FTSE 100. The FTSE 100 is the top 100, list, 100 companies listed within the UK FTSE market. That's it, top 100 companies listed in the UK. Just the same, but for the UK. Again, yes, they're UK centric because they're listed in the UK stock market, but these are vast majority of them are international businesses operating all over the world, right? So they are impacted not just by stuff that's going on in the UK, but all over the world. Simple, emerging markets, you can use different indexes to do, call out different things, include different countries, but it's all the countries that are emerging, right? South America, Central America, 
East Asia, India, right? Maybe parts of Africa, yeah? It is all the countries that are still kind of working up, not as developed as say the UK or the US. All right, so we are, let's be honest, either definitely in a bear market or it looks like we're going that way. So now you understand it. Now you know what those terms mean. Next bit is a correction and a recession. A correction is when you get a 10% drop in the market. <gasps> well, it's definitely not as bad as a bear market, right? Because a bear market is 20% or more. A correction is just 10%. So not that long ago, we had a really crazy figure being called out. I think I called it out in my last video. We had the quickest ever correction in history. From the whole time we've been measuring the stock market, we have never had a correction as quick as we have recently. It took six days to drop more than 10%. That is phenomenal. We've been having drops we, we just haven't seen in a huge period of time because people are freaking out because of the coronavirus. Now, you could say legitimately, you could say it's an overreaction. Whether you agree with it or not, that is the reality. When you look at the statistics about how many media results are coming from the coronavirus versus other diseases like this, it is phenomenal. Thousands, if not millions of times more than some of these other diseases. People are going crazy about the coronavirus and media attention massively exacerbates things because the more perceived fear, the more real fear and that real fear then follows through into actual drops in the economy because of people changing what they're doing. People aren't going out, buying things, traveling, doing things, right? That hits companies' profits or expected profits. People don't want to invest in them. They pull their money out, the shares drop, and it all spirals out of control into these kinds of drops. A recession is when a bear market, it kind of comes with a bear market, but not always. It's related, but it's not the same thing. A recession is effectively when we start to get a worsening economy. You could have a recession within a particular country like the UK, or you could get a recession globally. So a, the technical definition for a recession is when you get two quarters of negative GDP. So let's break that down. Well, a quarter is just three months. So two quarters is six months. So for half a year, if you're getting negative GDP, you've got a recession. That's it. Usually, if it happens for more than two months, it could go on for 18 months, it could go on for three years, right? It's not always about half a year, but it has to be at least that long for you to call it a recession. Well, what is a negative GDP? Well, negative GDP just means that the gross domestic product, that's the GDP, is effectively the kind of value of an economy. So, if the value of a particular economy go down, then that is negative GDP. So if, for example, in the UK, a quarter of that, so three months from now, the economy was worth less than three months ago, and then you, you check in a three months later, it's gone down again, 
that is a recession, okay? So if you think about 2008, many countries went into recession because of the global economic crash at the time, and that caused big problems. And when you tend to get that, you get a spiraling effect, just like I've told you, people freaking out, people don't wanna spend, people are worried about their jobs or may have lost their jobs, so they spend less, and so then, therefore, companies get hit uh, badly from it, they have to lay off more jobs, so then more people freak out or more people don't have money, so then they spend less and that spirals and spirals and spirals until you get less money within the economy and you get less credit because people don't wanna lend because everything's going down, everyone is nervous, so companies don't wanna lend money to other companies and therefore there's less money to borrow. So when that happens, it's very difficult to turn it around. And that is why the UK economy, the US economy, Europe, so many countries are trying desperately to make sure what's going on around the coronavirus doesn't turn into a recession. Because if that does, that causes big problems. It causes big problems to governments, to people, to companies. It's just not pleasant. In fact, it's really, really annoying. So what have they been doing? Obviously, they're doing stuff to try and sort out the coronavirus and make sure people are well healed, people who catch it, you know, are uh, recover well, that they, they don't die from it, the people who are vulnerable, you know, are protected from it, they're trying to reduce the spreading, they're doing all of that good stuff, but they're also trying to protect the economy. And the way they're doing that is they're trying to do the typical things governments do. They do two things. Fiscal and monetary policy. Fiscal just means government spending. So they're trying to spend more money, right? They're trying to push money into the economy. And by doing that, right, they're hoping that will stimulate the economy. It will push the economy, right? More money going into the economy, then more people, more rich people feel, right? And there's more spending going on, and that should help, hopefully, bolster it. So they're lending money, providing money to companies that are struggling, small companies, certain industries like Air, you know, airline companies, travel companies and stuff like this so that companies don't get screwed over by the coronavirus. Also, monetary policy. That's basically making more money available within the economy. And they do that by lowering interest rates. So when you lower an interest rate for a government, what you're basically saying is to borrow money, it's cheaper. So what happens is, when that happens, if your money is in the bank from your savings, that will trickle down and mean you will ultimately get less money from your savings account, from your savings returns. So what happens is people then want to go out and invest in more riskier things like the stock market and other areas like that. And that hopefully then encourages money back into the economy to stimulate investment. Equally, to borrow money to actually invest in companies to make the company better, right? Uh, to to uh, to kind of grow your business, that is cheaper. So things that were less attractive before, now that money is cheaper, other opportunities start to become more interesting. That's what they're trying to do, to try and protect it going into recession. But the problem is, when you get situations like this, it's very difficult to make people spend money. It's very difficult to to stimulate an economy because people are freaking out. 
They're not worried about trying to spend money. They're trying to worry about sorting themselves out, protect themselves and their loved ones, their vulnerable uh, friends and family from the coronavirus. They're not thinking about the economy. They're thinking about that. Also, we've come out of the 2008 crash with really, really low interest rates already. So who cares? In the UK, it's gone from one point, sorry, 0.75% to 0.25%. They're both really, really small numbers. So yes, it's cheaper, but so what? You know, it, it doesn't mean that much, yeah? So yes, it's a reduction, but because it's such a small number already, it doesn't really feel that big a difference, okay? People aren't gonna feel it just as it was before when interest rates were much, much higher. So intense, huh? The world's falling apart. We've got massive drops in the stock market. The, the governments are trying to desperately pump um, money and stimulus into the economy to try and make sure we don't get into recession and the whole thing falls over. What do we do? What, what do we do? We should probably take all our money out of the bank, put it under our mattress and go to sleep, never leave our house and wait for the whole nightmare to finish, right? Well, probably not. That's probably not a good idea. Well, why, right? Because there's a few things here. First thing is, we've already had massive drops in the stock market. So if you think about it, you know, yes, it's gone down a lot, but you've always got to think, well, is it going to go down a whole lot more? The first reaction with stuff like this is to freak out. And if you're invested in these areas, you're freaking out. You're probably thinking, oh my God, I've lost all this money. What do I do? I need to get, get it out, protect it from the stock market before it goes down even further, put it into something safe or take it out in cash, buy gold and build a statue of myself and put it in my garden until it all gets better. Right? But the reality is the stock market in the long, long term will always go up it may not go up tomorrow it may not go up next month or next year but it will always go up so if you think about it one month ago two months ago you know people were quite happily investing in this market at 25 30 percent higher than what it is right now so the next question is do we think it's going to permanently stay this low or go down even further well we don't know it could stay, it could go down, it could go back up. We just don't know, right? We don't have a crystal ball. But what I am pretty confident is, in the long, long term, it will definitely go up. And that's because for centuries it's done that. And if it doesn't, if it goes down and it never goes back up, well then we have got much bigger problems to worry about. If that happens, that genuinely means like, the world as we know it is completely different. And what we're worrying about is like survival. You know, that's what I'm talking about. So the reality is if we go back to a, you know, normal, great kind of normal way of living, which we have done for many decades and centuries before, right? It's going to go back up. And if it doesn't, the stock market is meaningless anyway, okay? So it's a kind of a win-win. Ultimately, being in the stock market will do well in the long term. But then the question is, when? So when you're thinking about what do I do in this situation, you've got to think about what is my situation right now? Do I need access to money? Am I retiring tomorrow 
or in 30 years. These things are extremely important, right? Because if you're sitting here and you're 30 years old and you're not gonna retire until you're 65, right? You could be cool as a cucumber. Leave your money in the stock market and put, or put your money in the stock market and benefit from such a low rate. And you know in the long term, it's going to go up and you're probably bought at a bargain. It might go down lower, but ultimately it's going to go back up, right? So that would be a really great position. But not everyone is 30 and going to be retiring at 65, right? Even if you're young, I'm a big advocate of early retirement, early financial freedom, right? So we don't want to wait 10, 20, 30 years to retire. We want to retire as quickly as possible and be financially free as quickly as possible, right? So do we really want to deal with this turmoil? Well, no, right? So a big uh, thing that I recommend is a portfolio approach. And that basically means you invest in a number of different things collectively together means that they should go up over the long term, but they're less volatile. You shouldn't get big drops. So the, the one I'm always referencing, you know, I, I'm a big advocate, a lot of different portfolio approaches, but one that I think is really powerful um, and, and really made famous by a guy called Ray Dalio. It's called the All Weather, All Weather Portfolio, right? If you'd invested in that, right, your stock market bit would have dropped a lot of money in the last month. You'd be like, oh no, I've lost loads of money from the stock market. But you would have invested in long-term government bonds, medium-term government bonds. You would have invested in gold. All three of those areas have gone up a lot. Gold has gone up a lot over the last few months. Long-term government bonds have gone up exceptionally. It went up 25% in like a couple of months. Like that is unheard of in government bonds, right? Same with the medium term bonds, right? So the whole point of portfolio investing is when one thing goes down, often other things go up because the way you invest in them, you're picked for a reason. They're picked because they're often not related to each other or inversely related to each other, right? So if an economy is doing badly, the stock market goes down, but government bonds tend to go up because people freak out and they wanna move their money from risky assets to safe assets. And government bonds are safe assets, especially if they are like the US government, when it is extremely reliable, you will get your money back, okay? So great, great example of where the Ray Dalio or weather portfolio approach massively comes into its own, right? Those people are just invested in the stock market, although that is a very powerful way to invest and people can make a huge amount of money in the long term. If you get freaked out easily and you can be holding to the human psychology of investing, a lot of those people who are just investing in the stock market right now are freaking out. Let's say you've got 100 grand in the stock market. Well, in one month, you've lost 27,000 pounds, right? It doesn't matter how cool and collected you are, that is a lot of money, right? It's a huge amount of money. Let's say you're about to retire. Let's say you're coming up to retirement, right? And all your money is invested in the S&P 500, right? You know, you're gonna like retire in a couple of years and you lose 20 27% of your whole assets because it's all in the top market. You would be freaking out right now. Well, not everyone, but certainly a big majority of those people, right? So that's why a portfolio approach can be so powerful, okay? So if you haven't invested in that type of approach before, definitely think about it, or if you've found yourself in a situation and you've been freaking out, 
and you see how you react to times like this, right? Now is a good time to consider something that is a bit more diversified and a bit safer when it comes to times like this. So if you have an approach though, if you already have an approach, my biggest piece of advice, as long as it's a sound, long-term sensible approach, my biggest advice is stay cool, stay calm, meditate if you need to, but carry on through. Don't let this affect you. So if you're invested in the stock market on its own, yes, it's gone down. Yes, it might go down further, but in the long, long term, it will go up. And that is why you invested it in the first place. So remember that. If you invested in a portfolio approach, again, that is why you're investing in that type of approach because yes, some parts of your fund have gone down and it might be tempting to get rid of it, right? Or come out of that or start to mess about with it. But you invested in that portfolio approach and that specific ratio for a reason. So stay with it, okay? Um, but if you've invested in a particular approach and you're now doubting whether that's a sensible approach, maybe because you started to try and pick the markets and you picked incorrectly and you're starting to doubt your understanding of what to invest in. Yeah, take stock, think about it, do so much, don't react quickly. That's my biggest advice. Don't act rashly, don't just go in and um, sell everything and put it into, into cash, right? Don't go too quick. Research, really understand, am I just freaking out and overreacting to what's going on or have I realized actually what I was doing was not sensible, it was too risky and a way to invest and do I need to change my investment approach? Not just now, but for the longer term. Okay, a lot going on there, a lot going on there, right? So my biggest advice is stay chill and keep going. Now, for you more excited individuals who are thinking, oh, it's gone down a lot. Should I buy? I mean, it's looking pretty cheap, right? Like, I was thinking about buying like a month ago and, you know, now it's 27% lower. Like, this is a pretty good time to buy, right? Or as a lot of you guys sitting there go, I told you, I told you it was going to go down. I knew it. I've been waiting for this moment. It's been going up for like 12 years and I knew there was going to be a recession and now it's finally come. Okay. Well, what's my view on this? Huh. I think this is definitely worth considering. <laughs> no, so I did that as a buying option, right? Well, why am I being cagey here? That's because we don't know whether it's going to go down further or might stay like this for a while. I'm pretty confident it will go back up in the longer term. And why? Because if you look at the coronavirus, okay, it's not the coronavirus itself that is causing such a negative impact on the economy. It's the economy's reaction to the coronavirus. Many government's guidelines are saying, stay at home, isolate, don't go to big groups, don't travel, right? People are shutting down travel from other countries to try and stave off the spread of this infection. And it's that that is reducing the economy. That's that that is causing the stock market to go down. Because all of the companies that rely on people going in and buying stuff from them, you know, traveling with them and so on, they're getting hit. 
yet they're being affected. They're getting less money or they might have to be paying out refunds when they'd already spent the money. They're massively being hit. So the money they're making is hugely going down. But as soon as the coronavirus is over and we're back to normal, what those companies do, how they make their money is going to be no different. Okay, There's nothing fundamentally changed in the economy. It's temporary. It fundamentally is temporary. So when you have this type of situation, you tend to get a U or a V type impact. And I talked about this last week. You get a big drop uh, in the market as a result because people are massively overreacting. But as soon as, thing to, thing, as soon as things settle down and either they realize it's not as bad as they thought or the economy starts to improve because we're over the worst of it, the economy rebounds very quickly because everybody's assumptions on how well these companies are going to do suddenly go back up and then it rebounds because they realize actually it's going to go back to where it was before, right? And actually, you know, if you think about the coronavirus, yes, this is you know, not good, people are going to die, you know, there's going to be huge health implications as a result, right? And, and, and it's going to be awful for a lot of people. But realistically, the coronavirus is not going to kill a huge percentage of people. The majority are elderly with pre-existing conditions. For people who are young, healthy, very, very, very small chance that you're going to die from this illness. So the reality is it's not going to have a long-standing impact on the economy. We're not going to have huge reductions in population, right? So we can chill. It's not going to going to be like years and years of terrible, terrible um, crash. But, and this is a big but, there is a small risk that this will drive in to a much bigger negative problem. And that is because, like I said in the last video, We've got very low interest rates already. We've, we came to the end of a long-term debt cycle where um, there was huge amounts of debt that was lost. You know, we have a widening wealth gap between the poor and the rich. You know, there's a lot of political unrest. There is a lot of pressure for a much bigger stock market crash and into a recession. And it may be that this could trigger it. We had the trade wars between China and US. That could become inflamed. There could be something that we're not seeing here that could really force it into something much bigger. I don't think the coronavirus itself, but it could be the lighting match for something much bigger, right? So you need to be mindful of that. And why you need to be mindful of that is because you don't want to just think, oh, this is a buying opportunity. Great, I'm going to chuck all my money in and then I'm going to make money when it rebounds. Because one, there is a risk that it, that it won't rebound for a very long time. And if you need that money, right, then you're going to be really stuffed, right? You're either going to be feel really poor for a very long time or you're going to take the money out when it's even lower and you're going to crystallize those really negative um, returns and it's going to feel painful, yeah? So what, what to make sense of all of this? Effectively, what I'm saying is if you need your money, right, and you know it's very important to have reliability on your returns, not just in the long, long term, but in the kind of medium to short term, then putting a whole load of money into a reduced market like at the moment is very, very dangerous. And you risk losing more money and being forced to then have to crystallize those negative returns. But 
If you're sitting there and you don't need this money for decades because of when you're gonna retire, it's excess money, or you wanna just invest a portion of your money because you think it's a good opportunity, then that is a great idea. Because if it goes back up in a month's time or in six months time, and actually goes back up even further, you've made a lot of money very quickly. Awesome, yeah? But if it doesn't, you're not stuck, okay? So a lot of this stuff, you know, the key thing for me, right, is knowing we do not have a crystal ball. We cannot know everything. We know things that are likely to happen, right? We know probabilities. We know what causes upward pressure or downward pressure. But ultimately, every day, God wakes up, throws the dice, and something different happens, okay? Sometimes it's what you expect. Sometimes it's definitely not what you expected, right? So be careful. And it's times like this when it allows you to really take stock and kind of see how you react in something like this. When we have such a big crash, when people are freaking out, it allows you, one, to see how you act, but two, it allows you a training ground to become better with your finances, a better investor, better person generally when we hit uh, catastrophes or kind of crises like we have at the moment. And I'll leave you with this last piece. I'm a big advocate of what I call contrarian investing. When everybody's freaking out, for me, that's the time when I see opportunity. Not because the coronavirus is causing you know people you know huge hardship. I want to take advantage of it. Absolutely not. I think it's awful what's going on at the moment. But you never want to be following the masses because when you follow the masses, you're going to get small returns at best. You only can make good, strong returns when you go with an approach that other people aren't doing. So if you're taking an approach that not everybody's doing, if everybody's freaking out with the stock market and you're going crazy, right? And you've got a way to potentially invest, bearing in mind for the long term, right? Not putting all your eggs in one basket. And I think personally, that is a powerful move. But to be done lightly and take into account all of what I've said. I hope you found this video powerful. I hope you found this video useful. I have loved doing it because I think this is a really interesting topic and we don't tend to see these things often. You know, this is a once in a hundred year type of event with this type of kind of uh, virus. You know, we haven't had these types of crashes and reductions and volatility in the market like we have done for a very, very long time. So really interesting and a great opportunity to understand the market better. I hope you enjoyed the video. I'll see you next week. And if you did, please do like the video. Please share it with others that you think would find it helpful, who are freaking out, maybe have lost money, not sure what they want to do, right? Kind of need to calm themselves down to the situation. Please share it, all right? And if you like these videos, please do subscribe. Let me know what you think. If you want future kind of topics done for uh, for. Uh, videos that I produce in the future, please let me know, put it in the comments. If you've got any questions on this video, hit me up and I'll be more than happy to answer it. All right, I'll leave you with that. Bye-bye.